Welcome to the Marketplace Missionaries Podcast. My name is Donny Swanapool. I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans, where we help our audience integrate their faith into their work. And so, Kai, glad you're back. Good to see you again, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. You know, I'm just going to jump right in here. Following off of what you said at the end about how God's always good, you know, even in the tough times. <laughs> Sorry, that zipper just came through the headphones. <laughs> um, it is still cold, same day as we recorded episode one, so it's a little good, same preface here. If you hear some sniffles, we'll try to muffle it, but uh, some grace, you know, grace is always. But building off what you said about how God's good all the time, I just want to give like a, a practical story about my life and kind of bring us up to today. So in between my junior and senior year, I worked – for Anheuser-Busch, the beer company, and it was really good. I'm not going to lie, I had a bunch of responsibility, and I worked on a really good project, and it was in the agriculture division, right? So then after that, you know, the hope is to get a, a job full-time. Mm. Well, there's no ag spots in the company at that time. They're like, hey, There's only like 14 or 15 slots, for the United States at least, of ag people in Anheuser-Busch. And I was like, well, well what's next, right? So they shifted me over to interview for their management program. And uh, I go through the interview. I get the feedback back. And uh, you want to take a guess at what the feedback was? Hmm. No. They said I did not have the adequate experience or training or the implications of being a manager in the future. Hmm. So they essentially told you you do not you do not have the raw goods to be a manager. Yeah. Wow. They were like, you have no inclinations of being a manager, and I bet that crushed you though. Oh, it didn't. This next part it crushed me even more. I yeah. was like, which you know me, I'm a, I'm a bet on myself type of guy, and I was like, it was an eight week program, and then you get slaughtered at a building, and I was like, dude, I will literally crush this competition. Mm. I was like, I will go through this training program. And if I'm not in the top 10%, you can fire me that day and I'll pay you all the money back. And they were like, we can't do it. We just don't want to take the risk. And, I mean, that did crush me, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Coming off a hot summer, I was like, oh, dude, this is it. I'm going to work for Anheuser Bush. It's going to be awesome. My former roommate did it, and he moved out to Georgia. It was awesome for him. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to take his steps. This is looking good. Well, that that, like, crushed me, man. And I, I didn't really apply for many jobs um, for, like, the next, like, two months. I was like, oh, dude, I got to find a job. <laughs> um, but looking at that, like, it's like, if I had taken the Anheuser-Busch job, if they'd given me the job, one, I wouldn't be in Little Rock, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have this community I have now. This podcast, 99% sure, wouldn't be here at all. Right. Like, it definitely wouldn't be with us two. Wouldn't have got... Um, you know, to meet you and Bill, which I think have been really instrumental in my life. Um, Bill way ahead of both of us. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like, you know, we got hooked up last last year, and it was just because you're, you're a few steps ahead of me, and, man, like, you've really helped me speed up, I'd say, and, like, beat competition around my age. Like, I don't feel like a 23-year-old with the knowledge that you and Bill have both given me. But it's like looking at, the God, at God's provision, it's like, I do believe it was in God's plan for us to start this podcast. It was on my heart, your heart, and it's like if I hadn't if I had accepted a job at Anheuser Bush, like this wouldn't be here for the people. And it's like all the people, you know, the 
I say the sign of ministry that we were talking about in D group. It's like the Lord always has a plan, even though you can't see it. And looking back, you know, I, I'd say I was a self doc doctor. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Self prescribed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like alcoholic. It's like mm-hmm. working for a beer company probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me, anyways. Right. So it's like building off what you said. Like even though, like I mean, I, I was crushed during those months, but it's like looking back, I think that may have been the best thing for my career to to get. Told that, and then it put a chip on my shoulder. And yeah, right. So then when I got to Amazon, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna crush Anheuser." Which yeah. <laughs> the different subject for a different time about a uh, godly applications probably needed a little bit more in that time. But um, you know, I think it was a good thing for me. So um, just want to share that with the audience. You know, like if if you are in a moment like that, like take a step back and say. Like, how, how can this be for my good? Like, there's got to be something else. And as Donnie was saying, like, that was that was my Memphis to Jonesboro time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really see – I was like, oh, dude, what am I going to do? Yeah. I don't really see anything coming. So, And it, it when you go through something like that, it just seems like there's no hope or even no future ahead. But I think during those dark moments, hard moments, we got to cling to God because he knows best and he has a plan for us. For each and every single one of us, he's got a plan for us. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. So that's that's really all I got on that. Um, just really good. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think that's a that's a really good insight into God essentially closing one door for Anheuser Busch and then opening another door at Amazon, and now you're thriving as a servant leader at Amazon. Yeah, man. So you know, just keep praying. <laughs> Some days that's that's what you do. Keep praying and trusting the Lord. But uh, without further ado, we'll get into Donnie's day to day. He's a uh, really busy. Most of the time, you know, he does have a full-time job, full-time family, um, and then he ministers all those rascals at the D group mm-hmm. alongside Bill. So let's get into your day-to-day, Donnie. What does uh, your day-to-day look like? Yeah, so just to pick up from the, you know, my part one, uh, joint Splash in 2015 as the Director of People and Culture. So the kind of big buckets that I oversee uh, daily is talent acquisition, talent management, um, operational HR issues, and then also the Splash Emerging Leader Program that I founded a couple of years ago. And so, uh, you know, in a nutshell, it's essentially hiring excellent talent that are humble, hungry, and people smart, getting them into the Splash family, and then growing them and developing them as a leader at home, as well as at work to impact our company and the communities we operate in. And so I did... Splash for about, uh, you know, when I joined Splash, we had about nine locations. I think we had about uh, 60 team members, and now we have 21 locations and almost 300 uh, team members. And so uh, at the end of 2018, I took a little bit of a break from Splash and uh, went and worked into full-time ministry for an organization called uh, Search. Uh, kind of the three-legged stool that search uh, kind of operates on is relational evangelism, uh, discipleship, and then apologetics. And so I got a lot of, you know, just training in apologetics during that year and a half. I also had the ability uh, to go to seminary, never my wildest dreams that I expect to do and go through seminary. And so that was about a two and a half year deal where I pursued a master's in biblical and theological studies. And so Worked for Search for about um, a year and a half, and then um, in the middle of 2020, transitioned back to Splash, because Splash was really gearing and ramping up for a lot of growth, and so 
Over the last 14 months at Splash, we've opened nine new locations and we've, we've, we've doubled essentially in size, team members as well as revenue. And so it's been, it's been awesome to kind of see um, how the company has, has grown since, um, since 2015. And it, it's really cool. One of, one of the neat things I did at Splash is in 2016, came up with the company Core Values. Um, and really use SPLASH as an acronym for our core values. And I'll kind of share that because I think it's really cool. The S is strive for excellence. The P is passionately treat others with dignity and respect. The L is look for opportunities to serve others. The S is appreciate customers and coworkers. The S is small and have fun. And then the H is honesty and integrity. I had to think real hard about those. Dude, it's so cold. My brain doesn't function properly this morning. But yeah, so um, those core, core values really function as uh, the standard that all team members are held to day in and day out. I'm held to those. And then so are the other team members as well. And so, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, I'm the keeper of the culture. Um, I, I make sure that our I'm sorry, man. I was just imagining like you have a desk and it's like Donnie Swan and Pool, keeper of the culture, like <laughs> with the big old hammer. Yeah, man. I just imagine like the avatar background, like <laughs> as your office. And oh, sorry. No, you're good. That that is funny. Um, but yeah, just making sure our, our store cultures are healthy. Um, you know, at the end of the day, every company has a culture, and that culture is made up of microcultures which we view as our stores and so um, as a company we really strive for excellence in everything we do and we you know a lot of our customers view us as the chick-fil-a of the car wash industry and i love that because our number one goal is to provide a pleasant customer experience and we accomplish that goal by hiring individuals that are humble hungry and smart and that can strive for excellence heck yeah that's awesome man and you know if you look at the SPLASH acronym and what it is, you know, I think, a, and if we look at a bunch of businesses that are really successful, we'll see it as well. A lot of the principles that make a business successful are derived from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Where does honesty come from? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, integrity, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's something that our culture can identify today but it's hard to piece together unless you know both sides of it and i really think that's just a good point to throw out there like you know it being i think the best advantage that me and you have in business is the fact that we're christians Mm. like because what i mean i know for me like I've, i've had to do some hard things when it comes to like staying honest like you know not taking a shortcut it's like man right but and not for the company not for any other reason other than it's like, man, I, Christian-wise, I don't need to do what I what that road's going to lead me down. It's like, I think that's our biggest advantage, and I think that's really encouraging for Christians that are in the workplace to hear right now. Like, if you're a Christian, that very well is your biggest advantage. Yeah, and I think it could also be a, a really big challenge as well because you might be different than some leaders in your company. And uh, some people in your company might hate your guts because you are different. You, you do have a strong work ethic that's rooted in integrity. And so, yeah, I think it can be, can be both sides as well. Like people can look at you differently as well. 
since you're striving to to live out the biblical principles, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. As we talked about, you know, the Lord loves work. It's the first thing He gave to Adam before He gave him a wife was, "Hey, go out and work." And you know, like I think if we take the same honor in working, like you said, you know, if you go into a company that's more, um, I'll use the word like lethargic, you know, like if you come in and you're striving, and you're like, I'm gonna crush the competition or with me like I'm gonna crush Anheuser-Busch mm-hmm. like I want them to look and be like we missed out on that guy yeah like oh man wow we could have got got a really good guy for cheap because I mean <laughs> three years ago I'd have I don't know what I would have taken not a bunch of money yeah for a job um but it's like looking at it now it's like you know if you strive for excellence like the and honor the Lord with your work People are going to see that, and I mean, I think that's something that our culture does not take. I say our culture, I mean like our generation. I don't think a lot of people in our generation value working hard and working diligently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate when people talk about our generation like that, but, but it's just it's, it's the truth. It is what it is. And I mean, I think it's really easy to identify someone when they're not like that in our generation. Now it's like, yeah, that's a that's a stud right there. Like that's a star of the show. Um, I, so I, if you take that approach in your Christian walk. And apply that to your workplace, you easily could be a standout in mm-hmm. any realm, whether it's management, accounting, personal training, like whatever it is. If you really take honor in your work, it's it's gonna show. Like you just can't avoid that. So yeah, and I think it's critical in in leadership as well, right? Because if you're a leader within a company and you're always passive, you come in late, you you're never willing to work the long hours or the hard hard hours. People aren't going to care what, what you have to say, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, I would define leadership in one word, and that's influence. And in order to have influence, you have to have trust and respect that's based upon a relationship. And so, um, yeah, I think if, if you kind of, if you're that guy kind of passively walking around, not really striving for excellence, not being a team player, man, people aren't really going to care what you what you have to say or you know, they're not going to follow you at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. Even building off that, when we did, there was like 40 managers when we uh, hired on at this Amazon building. And when we introduced ourselves, we gave, we gave like a leadership quote. Mm. And I can't even remember how many times it was used. It's the only one I remember being used. And it's because there, there was a magnitude of people that used it. And it was people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care I mean, I almost got to where I didn't like the quote because I'm like, golly, so many people someone, that. Yeah. somebody say something different. But, I mean, it, it's the truth at the end of the day, and I think there's a lot of spiritual implications of that. Like, I follow the Lord because I found out how much he cares about me, right? Yeah, like, and I, I, good point I want to bring up as well because at the, at the end of the day, um, the foundation of leadership is rooted in the character of the individual. So if you are, if, if you're, character is not good you, you have a lapse in character that's ultimately going to impact your leadership abilities and styles as well and so uh, that, that's something significant somebody once told me that at the root of leadership it ultimately boils down to the character of the individual and so um, having our minds and hearts set on Christ um, that should be our goal in our leadership as well because that ultimately forms our character that would ultimate, ultimately impact who we are as leaders and how we live that out. 
Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like we just gave a bunch of, I don't know, tips or tricks, whatever <laughs> you want to classify yeah. that as. But now I do want to kind of swap over to like a tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, so, like, in your opinion and what you've seen in your life, like, I, I'd like your number one advice if you were from a workplace aspect. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to the family here in a minute. Um, I know Bill just said don't leave it in silos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I heard him in the back of my head, but um, – like, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a 22-year-old coming out of school, mm-hmm. looking like going into a workplace? Excellent. Yeah, that's great. I think if I can boil it down into one attribute that I look for, well, I would say two, is being humble. And what I mean by being humble is being coachable. So, for example, when, when you see a lot of these young men graduating from college, all of a sudden they think that they have a PhD in leadership and business, they think they know a ton, but they really don't. They just have a four-year degree from a, you know, from a university, and so they haven't been through the, the hard knocks of life and business. And so I think the big thing that I would, would look for is, is this individual coachable? Because I'm 33 years old. I don't have life figured out. There's still a lot of areas in my life that I need to grow in, and that's why I have a, a guy like Bill that I can go to and seek wisdom and counsel from. Um, and so a lot of these, you know, young men kind of graduating from college, um, oftentimes they can lack that humility attribute. And so if they're not willing to be coached or willing to learn new things, it's often hard for them to grow as an individual. And so the, that's kind of attribute number one. Um, and then attribute uh, number two is just really uh, being driven. Um, is really um, having that that posture and attitude to get better in everything we do, whether it's our personal lives, professional lives, and ultimately our spiritual life. Um, and so, really, if you if you kind of put those two together, it's the ability to be coached and the desire to grow. And I think those two go go hand in hand. I, I would completely agree, and I think that's what I would tell myself as well if I was. To go back two years, I mean, that's what I tell myself now. Like, you know, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people that you want to grow with, right? And then li- listen, you know, so, <laughs> which I think about bills. Like, I mean, me and Bill meet, I'm sure y'all do too. And, like, I have to open myself up to be coached. Mm-hmm. And it's like, after I do, like, sometimes, you know, Bill. It'll kick you in the butt, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> sometimes but good, we need that. Yeah. Honestly. About to say, so, I mean, I really think that the humble piece and being able to be coached, because I think you're right. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are my age that, like, won't listen. They think they know it. And, I mean, I know some people probably say that about me, and sometimes I can probably act like that, but it's like I, that's a good reminder for me. I'm 23. I do not have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think before these, this podcast uh, today that we're recording, it's like, I was asking a bunch of questions that I didn't have figured out yet. Right. Um, so yeah, and then you know, one thing I would encourage all uh, young men and women after they graduate from college is find good mentors in your life. Find people that can challenge you, speak truth in your life, uh, that can help you as it relates to your personal as well as professional lives. Because again, we don't have all the answers. But we can seek wisdom and counsel from people that have been through similar stages and seasons of life. And so that's a big encouragement I would give every young 
men and women that transitions out of college. Yeah, and then just to build on that, like in a practical sense, like I'm sure someone's saying, oh, yeah, I already know that I need to. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll show the story about me and you. You know, Donnie, um, we kind of got connected through Bill, and Donnie was a little bit ahead of me. He is the talent acquisition, so that's kind of how it started, you know, looking to see if I wanted to possibly, you know, try something new. And I just remember thinking, like, you know, we were riding in the car, and I was like, dude, I got to know more, like, whether this goes into a career or not. Mm-hmm. And I just straight up asked Donnie. I was like, Donnie, would you please mentor me once a month? Mm-hmm. And that's how it started out. So, I mean, and it was – I felt awkward asking at first because it, it is a strange question to ask. Yeah, you're like, being vulnerable. It's Yeah, yeah. it's like, dude, please, like, teach me what you know. But it's like, looking back, it's not weird. Like, if someone was to ask me, hey, Kai, would you mentor me? Absolutely. Like – I think it's a lot easier to perceive it, and you don't think it's weird. I mean, I don't know. You may have thought I was weird. Uh, no, <laughs> I've, honestly, I, I love that question mm-hmm. because it shows me that that individual has a humble mindset, a humble heart, and that they don't have all the questions to life. And so in that moment, I realized, man, like, yeah, I want to help you grow because at the end of the day, throughout, uh, I, I still mentor a lot of young men, but oftentimes I learn more about myself from mentoring that young man then they might actually learn as well if that makes sense so the learning goes both ways you know the mentee and the mentor they learn stuff together and individually as well and so yeah I think you know at the end of the day our, our culture has become so uh, so isolated essentially I live in my little bubble and that's the the little bubble I want to live in but at the end of the day man like God created us for community and what a better picture of community than uh, a, a, a brother in Christ mentoring another brother in Christ and I think our relationship has really morphed into uh, brothers like I, I view you as a brother and uh, you know we constantly learn from each other and you know provide each other with uh, truth and insight and so yeah, I think there's there's, there's a, such beauty within a mentorship relationship that I strongly want to encourage. All yeah, people. I'd, I'd completely agree. So if you if you're out there and you just see, I mean, me and Donnie, did, I, this is probably like our second time. It was a, it was like, it was at most third. I know it wasn't the first, but it's second or third time. So even if you don't know someone that well, the worst that, one of the worst things is no, and you're just like okay, cool. Like and then you go home and find a new one. But I would really encourage you, like you know, step out of your comfort zone, just ask, right. Like that, and then I think you just said it, but be vulnerable. Like, I mean, I do look at you as a brother as well. Yeah. Like, and I think that's looking back to a year ago. I mean, we've only known each other for a year. I know we were talking on the phone the, about it the other day, but it's like me and you are really close now. Like, you you are a brother in Christ, and then just just I view you as an older yeah. brother, honestly. And it's like, but that came from us both being vulnerable, vulnerable for the last year together. Absolutely. I mean, so. Because the, we, we have to know what's going on in each other's lives, and we have we have shared that. And so, because so many so many men especially go through life very lonely, uh, they don't have you know an outlet for what they think or what they believe. And so, I think oftentimes in that mentorship relationship, uh, you can share that. You can be vulnerable. You can share about your upbringing, your relationship with your dad and how that has impacted your day-to-day. And so those are just some some things that can come to light within a mentorship relationship. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, it's that is honestly biblical mm-hmm. right there. The discipleship, 
That is mentorship. We just yep. changed the word of it mm-hmm. in today's world. You know, like, and I, it, did they say, I think that it was changed, you know, kind of how we're trying to shift away from the Lord. And in general, you know, we went from um, after death to now we're CE. Like, I think it's those little things mm-hmm. that may have, you know, shifted discipling someone to mentoring someone. You know, so yeah, it really comes from the Great Commission, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew twenty-eight, uh, verse eighteen to twenty. That's really you. You see the uh, the structure of uh, discipleship, mentorship, multiplication, so that we can teach others also about Jesus, who He is, and what He has done for us. One hundred percent. And I also think, along with the Great Commission, you know, I always say, I think I said it on my podcast um, episode. On I don't know, but I'll say it again. Um, if I had a sermon, it'd be two parts. One, how Jesus got here and how he's coming back. Part two, Great Commission. That's, yep. all, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, but it's like, along with the Great Commission, I think, I mean, I grew up Baptist. I think my upbringing was more numbers, numbers, numbers. Get as many people to say they're mm-hmm. becoming a Christian as possible. Keep pushing, keep pushing. Let's baptize, 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 which is good. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I think what I missed was the... And this could just, I mean, it's, I'm just saying my own personal opinion of what I missed mm-hmm. was the growth, right? Like, continuing after you become a Christian, like, there's the follow-up. And I think that's a really good point. Like, Jesus, you know, didn't just say, hey, follow me. And as soon as they did, he was like, all right, yeah, yeah y'all are good to go. But it's like, you know, especially if you're, you just become a Christian or you know someone that just became a Christian, like it's the follow-up, the discipleship. I would much rather have one guy fully invested Mm -hmm. and disciple him for 10 years than have a hundred guys say they came to Christ in year one Mm -hmm. and then it just fizzle out. Because at the end of the day, Kai, discipleship is a lifestyle and not this checkbox we can Mm -hmm. check once a week. I mean, you know, part of how I disciple my kiddos, I... If I go work out, I'll try to take them with me. If I if I want to go on a hike, go to the grocery store, do things, I'm going to take them with me because that's living life with them one-on-one. And through those interactions, we can have discussions about life, about God. And it really shows uh, God's heart about valuing the one, which, you know, it's, it's throughout Scripture. But, you know, one chapter that I love is Luke 15, where it really points to the value of the one by the prodigal son, the missing coin, and the missing sheep. And so in those three parables, you see God valuing the one. And so we should value the one as well through relational evangelism, through discipleship, and ultimately speaking truth into their lives. Yeah, 100%. And I I think if if you struggle with evangelizing to, like, strangers— um, I, that's one of my favorite things to do. But if I did not feel comfortable just mentioning my faith to people, what my tactic would be is, you know, just bring someone into my life. They're going to ask questions. If you if you live out your Christian walk, like someone's going to be like, why are you going to church so many days? Why do you do D group? Why do you do downline? And like that's an easy transition for me to make. Like if there's someone – like, I, I feel like that's where I do evangelize a lot, where it's not on me. Like, they're just asking me questions. I feel like that's become more predominant than going out and, like, preaching. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I try to do that as much as I can as well. 
So if you're not a very – if you are an introvert, you know, you want to stay in your silo kind of just bring someone into your silo. I think that's just as easy as well. So just want to kind of share that practical advice. No, that's good. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's different ways to, to share the, the good news too. I think God has wired us all differently. And so if you look at Scripture, there's essentially uh, three ways um, – to share the good news, you, you have relational evangelism, which, you know, God has wired us, uh, you know, to do that. You get the, the proclamational evangelist, which really, I think in terms of Billy Graham, Louis Giglio standing in a stadium and preaching the gospel to thousands upon thousands of people. And then the third one is really the confrontational approach where oftentimes when you go downtown to a big city, you, you see a little guy standing on a box with a speaker and, you know, sharing sharing the good news. And so I think God has wired us all differently. Um, and I think, you know, there's different approaches to sharing the good news uh, with others because, um, you know, we, we have the antidote to um, the sickness of what we call sin, and I know we've talked about sin in previous podcast episodes as well, and um, if, if we know that our loved ones or friends are dying because of this, this poison of sin, we have to give them that antidote so that they can be healed physically, but then also more spiritually, because we believe that at the end of the, this life, we will come face to face with God and he's going to ask us that question that Chuck asked me as a freshman in college. Why should I let you into my heaven? And then the only answer to that question is what Jesus has done. You know, it's not going to be I've, I've done this, this, this and this. No, there's, there's only one way to God. Jesus himself said it. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, 100%. You know, I've thought about when I pass on from this world and looking at the Lord and it's like, why should I let you in? You shouldn't. Yeah. You really shouldn't. Right. Um, and it's just like, I hope I always make the joke, I hope she's hand on a bathroom break. <laughs> Dude, and that's the thing. I think, you know, since we live in the Bible Belt, you're in uh, good old Arkansas, I think there's a lot of people that, that are going to make shipwreck at eternity's shores because they're going to trust in their own works instead of the work that Jesus has done. And so, and that's really another reason why we, we have this podcast is to share that because your good works will not get you into heaven. It's only by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Yeah, man, I just think about those verses and, you know, we talked about it during um, American Gospel Review mm-hmm. at the D group. It's like, man, my heart's just really sad for those people that it's like, oh, Lord, I professed your name and I did all these works in your name and it's like mm-hmm. depart from me for I never knew you and it's like man like I, I am so glad that I have the Christian walk I have now and that I did come to Christ because that would have been me mm-hmm. like if I had died at 19 that's that is the conversation me and the Lord would have had I'd been like Lord I went to church I went to church camp I did this I did that and it's like depart from me for I never knew you and like I think that's really why my heart is so like, I feel like I, I try to spread the gospel a lot, and it's like, that's why. Like, I think it's because I look back at me, and it's like, oh, 100% was, it had been me in those right. verses that they're talking about. So, well, oh, man, this was good. It was good. This was so good. good. Yeah, yeah, I really like this. So I'm excited uh, just for what's ahead because I think, you know, the episode we, do, we did with one of our guest speakers, Bill Reed, provided a different insight 
um, you know, he's he's in a different season of life. He, you know, he worked in corporate America for almost four years, and so we will continue to get uh, some guests on this podcast that will be in a different season of life and a different industry, and that that will ultimately provide uh, different insight and wisdom to our audience and even to us as well as uh, co-hosting this together. But uh, man, thanks for having me. Or <laughs> I don't know, mate. We kind of do this together, so yeah. Uh, but I, w- I will say this, and we'll kind of wrap it up. Like, if you like, feel free to reach out. Like, if there's an industry that you want us to cover, mm-hmm. it me and Donnie can make it happen. Like, we we are here for y'all. Like, just how we talk about being servant leaders. Like, we're here to serve y'all. Like, at the end of the day. So, if there's an industry that we're not touching on, that you that you're just like, man, you know, I've been listening to the podcast. I want to hear someone talk about. I'd say education. Yeah, like we can bring an educator in. Yeah, like that it's really easy for us to bring people in we, as opposed we, to waiting on something that I want to hear. That's a good point, Kai, because we do have a lot of relationships, and uh, you know, uh, if you do want to hear about from someone in a different industry, we can we can gladly do that. Or if you're needing uh, to get connected with a mentor, um, we can do that as well. Uh, we have several relationships here in Little Rock, Arkansas, specifically. But also, you know, in other states, you know, in Tennessee, I know people, Colorado, uh, you, having worked in, you know, full-time ministry for a year and a half, I, I do have people in other states that we can connect you with, so. Yeah, 100%, same here. So, anything y'all need from us? Like, I say this, I say this all the time to people, but like, hey, you need anything from us? But uh, for real, if y'all need something from us, like, we're, we're here to help y'all, man. We want everyone... Or at least I do. I'm sure, Donnie, I'll speak for Same both here. of us. Yeah. But, I mean, I want to see everyone have a really good Christian walk and go out and share their faith and, and feel comfortable doing it as well. Like, I'm very comfortable sharing my faith because I'm secure in my faith. Right. So that's what the podcast the object is about. Of our, yeah, the object of our faith is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why uh, we can be confident in our faith. It's because of Jesus and what he has done for us. Yeah, 100%. So... That'll wrap us up for um, for this week. We'll have another guest speaker next week, so be sure to tune in. Um, you got anything to close us with, Don? No, it's been a pleasure and honor. And um, yeah, if you if you want to reach out, we are active on Instagram, so feel free to send us a message if you have a question, comment, or um, just any random thoughts. So appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will see you guys next week. See y'all. Bye.